what we do know already is that the PCR test is now back for people returning to Canada. Doesn't matter how long you've been out of the country. It's an additional layer to protect the health and safety of those that are traveling and those that would be exposed to them once these people come back to, to, to the country. So as, as always, there is no perfect measure, measure, but the combination of different measures brings us closer to a close to perfect system. Let's check in with Len Saunders. He is an immigration lawyer based in Blaine. Len, thanks so much for being with us again. Hi, Jill. How are you? I'm very well. How about you? Not too bad. Uh, What's the reaction? I know it's just the news that came out this morning, but are you hearing anything or seeing any reaction to the reintroduction of that PCR test? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I represent a lot of Canadians who have spouses in northern Washington state. They're partway through the green card application process. So they're all calling me and texting me saying, here we go again. I'm also hearing from a lot of the local business owners uh, in Blaine and northern Washington County. And everyone's, you know, pretty disappointed that it seems like we've now taken almost three steps back from where we were, you know, just under a month ago with all of these new restrictions. It's, it's almost like deja vu all over again. Yeah, it it does feel that way for sure. I would imagine, too, when we talked to you last time, when the test was removed for those shorter trips, less than 72 hours, uh, like you were talking about the package places where some packages had been sitting for a couple of years, uh, the stores that really depend on Canadians, they were just so excited to welcome people back. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I would go to the gas station to gas up my car. There would be half a dozen Canadian cars there. You drive by the all of these mailbox places, they'd be lines out the door. So there's you know, definitely been an increase in business. It's not back to 100%, but most business owners I talk to you know, estimated anywhere between 50 and 75% of the pre-pandemic traffic. And a lot of people have made plans. They've, they've sent packages to these local stores to pick up. They've made travel plans to come to the U.S. So you know, I hate to say, but Trudeau almost is you know, acting as Scrooge right before Christmas, the timing couldn't be any worse, like maybe early January when everyone's back from their travel plans or picked up their packages. It's just, it's horrible timing. What are your thoughts? Are you hearing anything about infection rates in Washington state with the Omicron variant? Are, are cases going up there as well? Well, I think they're almost on par with, with British Columbia, right? There's not a lot of difference between the two areas other than population. I totally understand doing a very intense 24-hour test before you uh, hop on the flight. I just got back from India myself. I had to do a 24-hour test, PCR test, before flying back to the U.S. I get that. Uh, that's totally understandable. But these short trips coming over to pick up a package, to, to gas up your car, to get groceries, I don't think there's any benefit in making someone have a test. And what's even more interesting is, Instead of just saying, okay, well, you need a test and you can get it done in Canada and then return, they're now requiring it for Canadians to actually have it done in the U.S. And many of these places, they book out days in advance. So it's going to be very difficult for Canadians to actually book a COVID test on this side of the border. And also the cost, right? Some people seem to get it for free if they go to certain pharmacies. Other people have to pay, but nobody's going to come down here to pick up a package or get gas with the hassle and the cost of having to do a COVID test once again in the U.S. It's going to kill the cross-border traffic.
Well, and that's what I was wondering, because you're right, we hear these different stories of these magical drive-through lineups where it's free and you go through. And even though I think in a lot of cases they say it could take up to 48 hours, from what I'm hearing from people is usually you get them within 12, which is, again, it's a it's a gamble. You certainly don't want to go into the States if you have to be back at a certain time. You don't know if you're going to have that to come back. But I think even if that was something that was was a positive, was a you knew you could do that for sure, people would still be comfortable doing it, which makes me think that this is more about just stopping people from traveling. It's not based on the fact that we're moving this thing back and forth across the border. They just don't want people to travel. Oh, absolutely. It's like, you know, the travel advisory uh, for Christmas. They don't want people to travel. So, you know, the federal government has said no traveling, which I think a lot of people are probably going to pay attention to and not travel. And then you know, the cross-border trips, most people, they've heard about how hard it is to do the app and doing something wrong results in either denied entry back to Canada or $5,700 fine. Most people are going to treat it the way I've been treating it. I haven't been north still for almost two years. And so most people will just make other plans. They'll avoid coming to the U.S., but it's also going to prevent a lot of Americans, I think, from going to Canada when they hear that there's, you know, more restrictions because the most, most Americans don't understand how the whole cross border, you know, traffic works with COVID. So most Americans I think are just going to avoid going North unless they have family or they really want to, you know, travel to Whistler maybe for Christmas time. So, you know, I've seen lines, especially at Peace Arch all the way up to duty free, which I haven't seen for a year and a half. That's going to result in a trickle starting next Tuesday, I think what you're going to see is this weekend, there's going to be a mad rush of Canadians coming down here, shopping, picking up their packages. So I think it's going to be a busy weekend. And then come Tuesday, it's going to be just dead at the border again. Yeah, and I was going to ask you that, if if shops and that are anticipating or preparing for that final last push, because I think anybody that was planning to go across or has like you say, packages or something to do. You're, you're right. If these are coming in, these new rules are coming in on Tuesday. It's going to be a bit of a mad panic this weekend. Oh, I'm 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 going to drive around Blaine this weekend, and I can guarantee you those mailbox places are going to be busy. The shopping malls are going to be busy. People coming down here, knowing they may not be coming down here for you know months. It's interesting when the pandemic first started. This border was supposed to close for only a month, and I remember saying that I heard. It could be up to Christmas time, right? People were gasping, saying, what, eight, nine months? Here we are almost on the two-year anniversary, and we're going backwards in all of these regu- regulations. It's not getting any easier. It's getting tougher again. I wonder, too, if we have an idea on the numbers when we're talking about essential workers, because I've talked to essential workers that cross the border, whether they're living in the United States and crossing into Canada or vice versa, because when they cross for work, they don't need to test. They have that exemption. But if it's somebody then that wanted to cross to, say, see a family member, you would have to test. But there's no difference in that crossing and what they're doing and where they're going. Oh, I I had one of my neighbors in Blaine tell me he goes up to work every single day. For a Canadian company, he's dual citizen, but he was supposed to go to a golf tournament for work. It was a work golf tournament, and he wasn't allowed to go up. What's the difference between doing that and going to work, right? It's all of this discretion that makes people not want to cross over the border. And I'm, as I told you, I'm a great example. I have stopped going north until all of these restrictions are eliminated because I don't want to have to second guess 
you know, whether I have the right test, whether I have the proper proof of vaccination, you know, whether I've done the app right, because you hear all these horror stories on the news. Yeah. And and so you haven't come north this whole time because you would have to take that PCR test to come into Canada. Absolutely. So even though many Canadians could come south during the last couple of months with with, you know, you know, within 72 hours, not having to do a test, it doesn't apply or at least it didn't apply to Canadians living on this side of the border. So I wasn't the beneficiary of that policy, which is now changing. So I would have had to have driven to Bellingham and got a test and waited for it to come back and done the app and showed all of my proof of vaccination. And for me, it was just it became too much of a hassle. And so, you know, if I'm not coming north, I'm, you know, there's, you know, who knows how many Americans who've just given up and are spending their money stateside. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one uh, for sure, and we'll continue uh, to watch and see. I would imagine too, and you would know this, uh, that Peace Arch Park is going to get busier again as well. Well, I've been spending a lot of time there recently, just seeing clients because, as I said, it's easier for me just to meet someone there than up in Canada. It's been very quiet at the park. Like, you know, maybe half a dozen people from hundreds or thousands. I think that park is going to be very busy over Christmas. So Christmas Day, I. I'm assuming it's going to be packed. All right, Len, we will check in with you again soon, I'm sure. But thanks so much for making the time for us today. Thanks, Jill. Have a good weekend. Well, there is certainly more questions and there is uncertainty when it comes to holiday gatherings and what people are comfortably comfortable doing and any kind of travel, that kind of thing. A lot of those questions, I think, will be put to Dr. Henry and the health minister at one o'clock this afternoon. Right now, though, we wanted to check in with Angie Qualley, who is the owner of Well Seasoned. Well Seasoned, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Jill. Nice to talk to you. Great to have you back on the show as well. I know you do a lot of catering and specifically for holiday parties. So what have things been like for you lately? (laughs) Uh, Well, it's been an interesting few days, that's for sure. I mean, lots and lots of questions from customers, um, quite a few booking cancellations for this weekend. Um, In fact, all of our events for Sunday have now been canceled. Um, So, yeah, just lots and lots of concern everybody's, you know, doing the best they can to try and figure out how to move forward, if to move forward. It's just, it just, just keeps coming. (laughs) I I think one of the earlier times when we spoke too, it was on a bit of a different topic in that it was back when there were restrictions in place. And I know you were still getting requests from people who were kind of ignoring the rules as far as gatherings and wanting to go ahead. And I know at that point you were having to tell people, no, we're not going to do that because you're not supposed to be having 50 people gathering. Uh, What a difference now here we are and I I think you would probably love to be able to do those but now people are cancelling out of an abundance of caution. Yeah I mean lots of questions I mean this morning people are calling about bookings they have for next week they're just calling to ask you know what's your policy next week I'm like I don't have a policy I have no idea how this is going to unfold I mean you know, um, yeah, what do I do? It's not the customer's fault. This isn't something they want. It's not certainly something we want. Um, you know, the food has been ordered, and I'm now trying to figure out how to repurpose the food and, and figure out how to use it. And, um, you know, I'm asking people to make a decision about the size of their gathering, if they're going to downsize it, you know, to immediate family or just cancel it altogether. 
lots of the questions are coming from, you know, our corporate customers about their lunches that they have planned next week and, um, you know, their staff Christmas events. And so it's just one of our customers uh, has decided to have everything individually packaged and they're going to send it home with their people rather than have a group lunch. So um, everybody's looking for creative solutions, but I think everybody's kind of holding their breath, waiting to see what the provincial government announces this afternoon. Right. You mentioned this, too, because when you just said that people, that all of the events for Sunday have been cancelled, what do you do as a caterer when you've already ordered all of the food? I mean, what do you do? Um, We're going to try and repurpose it. Some of it's already been cooked and donated. I had some fresh turkeys that... Uh, we're cooked and donated this morning to um, a local community service agency called Kim's Angels. And so we had some whole turkeys that they picked up today, and they'll be making sandwiches and doing other things for um, people in the community who are in need of a meal, which is amazing. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what to do with the food. You know, we're going to make uh, some other food and sell it in our gourmet-to-go freezer. We sell a lot of ready-made meals. Uh, And I'm hoping some of our customers next week can help figure out some solutions um, for their party soon so that we don't order in food anticipating, you know, that that it's going to go ahead and and not have it go ahead. So I think we'll have a lot more clarity, at least I'm hoping we will, uh, this afternoon after we hear from Dr. Henry. Right. Yeah, I think we're all hoping for uh, some answers to a lot of questions. You must be curious, though, or wondering what's going to happen, even I would think for Christmas dinners, if people are going to go ahead with those next weekend. Well, we do offer our Christmas dinner to go and our Christmas dinner this year is only a Christmas dinner for six. So we learned our lesson last year and at Thanksgiving and at Easter and at, you know, at every high holiday. So we kept our Christmas dinner to go for six people. So it's super manageable. So we haven't had anybody call and ask about canceling that. Um, And so I'm not too concerned about our offerings for Christmas dinner. Uh, I am a bit concerned about what's going to happen for New Year's Eve. We do have some dinners um, scheduled and some uh, cocktail party um, reservations for, for New Year's Eve. So I'm a bit concerned about how that's going to unfold. I'm actually anticipating those to cancel as well, based on um, what I'm sort of feeling and, and sort of hearing through the grapevine today. How is it then, as being a business owner, I mean, everybody has this fatigue going on and nobody wants to be dealing with this now, but as a business owner, how are you feeling now? Here we are in December of 2021 and talking about cancellations because of more restrictions. I mean, I haven't really had a chance to kind of process the whole thing, to be honest, Joe. It's just, I my business is half catering, half retail. So the retail store is so busy right now. So I just, I'm just doing, you know, every day, just one foot in front of another and waiting for customers to call and say, look, I don't feel comfortable with this. Or, hey, I want to change my plans. And some of them I reached out to proactively, like our events this Sunday. One was like a 70th birthday party. So you can imagine, you know, the crowd that's going to be there um, is going to be older folks and families. So they canceled for, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, And I just think people don't know what to do. And, And I'm in the exact same boat. I just feel a little defeated, to be honest. Like, it's just one thing after another, it feels like. And, and nobody's to blame, you know. Uh, there isn't anybody to blame. So I, I just, I don't even know what to do now. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I think you use the perfect word. Sadly, uh, the word de- defeated or deflated, those are, I think, are uh, t- describing how so many people are feeling right now. 
Yeah, it's really, um, truly, it's just exhausting having to reinvent everything every couple of days. Um, yeah, uh, so today's restrictions, I'm hoping, or today's announcement will be very clear about what the coming restrictions are and when they start. And um, and we support them. We have all along. We've been, you know, really, really good about supporting it and encouraging our customers to support the restrictions and the mask mandate, the passport mandate. We are playing along because we want our lives back and we recognize that that's how we're going to get there. But, oh, my gosh, Jill, it's it's really exhausting. My staff are fed up. I'm fed up. Our customers are fed up. And everybody's just just feeling like ugh, it just won't end, you know? Yeah, well, hopefully uh, it, it will. But uh, the big question, obviously, yeah, when when is that going to happen? Well, Angie, thanks so much for joining us. And, of course, we're all going to listen in and find out what the latest is at 1 p.m. today. But thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Jill. And if you need a charcuterie board for next week, I happen to have a lot of stuff on hand. So oh. let me know. <laughs> all right. Well, let people know, even if it's just for one or two people in a household. There we go. Uh, Angie, thanks again so much. Have, a, have as good of a weekend as you can. Thank you, Jill. Merry Christmas. Well, in the new measures announced today, seating requirements and restricting movement between tables at food and liquor serving premises. They're also reinforcing the need to wear masks when not seated. So basically no table hopping. You are to sit at the table and not mingle. And we also know that venues of 1,000 people or more, that is moving to a 50% capacity. And more of the scanning of the BC vaccine card, not allowed to eyeball it. There are people People are now to be always using the app which scans the code to make sure that somebody is vaccinated. Let's bring in Jeff Guinard, who is the executive director of Able BC, that Species Alliance of Beverage Licensees, to talk a bit more about this. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. No, my pleasure, Joe. Uh, what's your response to the announcement today? Well, it's tough. I mean, we all we're all, you know, sick of this, right? And people want to move out of this pandemic and the holiday season is typically our, our most profitable time of year, and it's a very exciting time. Um, and it does feel like we're going backwards. But, you know, Dr. Henry's been clear about her concerns on what's going on with the Omicron variant. So just as we have done repeatedly through this pandemic, we absolutely will step up uh, and implement these new protocols. And I think it's important to remember, though, this is this is not new, right? What we're doing today is, or, or Monday, I guess, is we're reintroducing some protocols that people should be well familiar with by now. Uh, so, and we've got some notice. It's not like last year where we, we suddenly had the rug pulled out from under us, you know, the day before New Year's Eve and had to change hours. Uh, we, we've got time here. So anybody listening, if you have a holiday party planned, don't, don't worry. You don't have to cancel. Just call your, your, the restaurant or pub that you're dealing with and we can figure out how to make it, uh, make it work for you. Cause we have to have you seated now. Uh, there's no mingling. You're not going to be any dancing and just some, some changes like that, which are going to need a little bit of management. I noticed in Ontario, which also announced newer restrictions today or going back, one of the things they have done there is once again cap alcohol sales or stop them at 10 p.m. That's not something, uh, Dr. Henry, and she mentioned it in the news conference, that that's not being done in B.C. I know we were talking about this last year at this time, but yeah. are you pleased that that's not, that hasn't, we haven't gone backwards in that sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, arbitrarily ending liquor sales at any given hour is just stupid, right? And uh, the virus doesn't, you know, stop working at, at, at 9 p.m. or something. And But what happened last year by limiting those sales, we just lost an entire seating. So thousands of businesses lost thousands of reservations and millions of dollars total because, you know, no one goes out to celebrate New Year's Eve and goes home by 930. So 
This year, though, I think she understands, you know, we have vaccines now, right? And everybody in those establishments has to prove that they're double vaccinated. And we're increasingly going to be scanning because you, you wouldn't believe the things that people try and pull as fake passports out there. So we're done with that. Uh, our job is to keep our customers uh, safe. And I, I promise you that we've got the right protocols in place now. We, we've been doing this for two years. Uh, we're, it's a bit of a step backwards, but ultimately we're, um, we're well equipped to keep people safe while they're drinking out and dining out over the holiday season. Uh, you mentioned New Year's Eve. So that's also in these new rules that all New Year's Eve organized gatherings and events will be restricted to being seated only events with no mingling or dancing allowed. Does that change a lot of what's already been planned then? Yeah, that one is tough. And um, I think we're going to have to do some work for the next little while to help customers understand, right? So you don't you don't book your New Year's Eve party on December 20th. People have already booked it in a lot of cases. Um, and depending on the style of venue that you booked it at, you know, we, we, we've been cautious around this already. I mean, we've known for a while that maybe this year there'd be some restrictions coming into place. Uh, but what it does mean, if you're going to a restaurant that or a pub, um, you know, you're not going to be able to mingle. So we're just going to have to make sure you stay seated. You're probably going to keep to a smaller group and we'll have a little more space around you. So that should be pretty manageable for you. You can still go out with your friends and family. If you've been planning to go to a nightclub, you can still do that as well. But don't expect to be dancing and don't expect to be table hopping. Think of it more as a VIP experience where you're seated at a couch um, or in a small booth area with, you know, 10 or 12 of your friends or something like that. That's the kind of experiences we're going to be offering, which can still be a lot of fun. Uh, but we are going to be needing customers' patience on that because we're, um, we are we love to, you know, have dancing and all the kind of parties that we want to. But it's, um, it's not 2019. We're still in the middle of this pandemic. And uh, Dr. Henry's very worried about the spread of the Omicron variant. And to stop this from having a longer term devastating impact on our economy. We need to take these steps now. What will happen to events, though? Uh, like, I'm looking at some of the events online, and there was one at uh, the Anza Club, which was a karaoke and a burlesque event. Uh, there was another yeah. one at a, at a Gatsby's house that was a, a New Year's Eve party with multiple DJs that were planning to, to play. So I wouldn't imagine those parties, those obviously can't go ahead under these new rules, but will they be able to pivot? I don't know. That's the tough one, honestly, right? I mean, when folks were trying to do something celebratory and something that the kind of thing we would do in the before times, and that was probably pushing it a little bit as it was. Um, the only good news is we at least have a couple of weeks to plan now, right? This is not being sprung on us in quite the last minute, but everybody is spending today rethinking that. I mean, I, I can promise you that their phones are ringing off the hook the same way that mine has been uh, all day, trying to think how we can pivot that sort of event because those parties are absolutely not allowed this holiday season. Uh, you have to have keep even at home. You have to keep the gatherings of no more than 10 people, right? So it's going to be a quiet, muted celebration for what I hope is the last time and we can get back to something like normal next year. Um, absolutely. Are you concerned that people are going to cancel even though there are different versions of, of these events that, that will be allowed to go forward? Do you have concerns that people are just going to cancel anyway? Absolutely. People are already canceling. And you know, part of it, though, is during this time of year when people are going to be traveling to see their family, some folks... You know, maybe you're going to go see an elderly parent or grandparent. You've been a little more hesitant about going out for the last little while anyway. Um, but I guess I would just want to assure people that, you know, we've, we've got lots of practice in this right now. Uh, and the roles that Dr. Hammer put in place are not new. Uh, they're not new to us. We've been going through these kind of things for the last several months prior to you know, the recent change, right? So essentially by asking you to sit down uh, and not mingle, or it's, it's not un unlike it was just two or three months ago. So we, we can have a way of having a safe party out there. So instead of canceling, take a breath, uh, call the manager of the pub or restaurant or venue you were going to have your, your gathering at and find out what your options are, right? Because we can be innovative and flexible about this. And 
if there's one thing I trust the hospitality industry to do at this point in the pandemic, it is to be flexible and innovative. So I, I encourage you to, uh, to just make that phone call first before you make a silly decision. All right. Good advice, Jeff. We'll leave it there. But thanks so much for coming on the show. I know it's a busy day. So thank you so uh-huh. much for your time. My pleasure. Stay safe out there. We are continuing to talk about the measures that were just announced this afternoon. They are going to take effect Monday, December 20th, and be in effect until January 31st. They will have an impact on anybody who's going to a large venue that will limit venues of 1,000 individuals or more to 50% capacity, pausing all sports tournaments, all New Year's Eve New Year's Eve organized gatherings and events are now being restricted to seated only events. That means no mingling, no dancing, and the QR code must be scanned of your BC vaccine card. No more eyeballing it or taking in a different type. That is the BC vaccine card and it needs to be scanned. So what does this mean for events that have already been planned? Joining us on the line now is Corinne Lee, the CEO of the Rio Theatre. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Well, I know you had an event planned for New Year's Eve at the theater and other events as well. Have you been able to figure out, given the uh, announcement today, the, the measures today that were announced, how they might impact you? It looks like none of these measures affect the Rio Theater because uh, we have 420 seats and our venue is, you know, fit all fixed seats and no standing room or mingling. So I think we fit within the guidelines. And that's really great news for us because, um, as you know, you know, during this pandemic, uh, theaters have been hit hard many times where we've this time last year, we were closed. So um, I'm, I'm happy to hear the news today that it's not affecting venues of our size. Will it be challenging, though, say, if there is a gathering of that size on New Year's Eve and people are celebratory and in a good mood, will it be challenging to make sure everyone stays seated? I find uh, with theatre seats, you know, and everything facing forward um, towards the stage or the big screen, people don't tend to mingle very much. It's not really set up for mingling. Um, so I don't find it difficult to require people to stay seated. And I think right now, you know, I think all of us are in the same boat where we're, we're getting really tired of all of these restrictions on our freedoms and, and our ability to gather. And I think everyone just wants, you know, you know, we want to stay healthy. So I don't think we're going to have a lot of pushback. Uh, That is good news. And you're right. I think people are tired. On the one hand, while people understand why this is happening, it does feel like we are going backwards. And uh, we really, even though we're in a better position, like you say, that when we were uh, talking last year, it's still not exactly where people wanted to be. No, I think people are, it's very discouraging because, you know, I'm like, you know, every, the majority of the population out there where we've, we've been double vaccinated, you know, people are getting their booster shots, you know, we're happy to show our vaccine pass with pride. And we do scan, by the way, uh, the Rio has always been scanning passes because we do want to ensure we have a safe environment. Um, but yeah, it is kind of discouraging to hear this sort of reaction with this new variant. Um, I'm going to be looking, you know, uh, forward to getting more information on it as time passes. You know, we've heard it's a week, you know, that it is it's not as strong as the original virus. So, you know, hopefully these are precautionary measures that will be relaxed 
um, if we are finding that it is not, you know, if this variant isn't putting people in the hospital, um, you know, fingers crossed, we're hoping that this is just a precautionary measure at this time. Uh, well, it's uh, good news as well. Like you said, that your event can uh, still go forward. We're seeing uh, on social media now uh, the big concert that was supposed to be taking place uh, with Brian Adams has been cancelled. He just uh, tweeted out that because of the limited attendance of the events that they are cancelling and refunding tickets. So there might be more yep. people looking to get tickets uh, to, to smaller venues coming up if there's still space. Do you know if your if you're particular, if your um, concert, your event is sold out? Um, so the event is Paul Anthony's Talent Time, which has always been a very well-attended, um, fun community live show. Um, and yeah, right now ticket sales have been good. It isn't sold out, so there are still tickets available. Um, I think that this is kind of the perfect thing to do on New Year's when you can't gather and you can't be at parties. Um, you know, Talent Time is known for making people laugh. Uh, and and just because he's got such an absurd, silly, hilarious sense of humor. <laughs> so I know I'll want to be here for New Year's just to be cheered up. And uh, so, th- yeah, we're planning to go ahead. Of course, you know, things can change depending, you know, if there's any more restrictions, we will let the public know right away. But um, right now we are planning to, um, you know, have a good time on New Year's uh, seated with masks and no mingling. Because on the the write-up, though, for the Paul Anthony talent time, it says that there's going to be a video dance party. My guess is that wouldn't be able to go ahead. Yeah, the video dance party, I think it was something he was streaming in. I don't know if it was, I think it might have been like a a vintage thing that he was going to be streaming up on the big screen. Okay. So So no, yeah, there wouldn't be any actual people dancing, like, current in this this decade (laughs) i think it's people from the past and he was just going to have some fun with that okay you mentioned that that you do scan and scan for the qr code Uh, we were talking uh, with jeff guinard with able bc and he made a a comment about uh, you wouldn't believe some of the things that people are trying to pass off as authentic vaccine certificates are you seeing people trying to use fake credentials i think it does happen a bit but we've been so outspoken about requiring vaccination ID that I don't think many people try it here. And, and because we scan very consistently, um, you know, I think I know I have friends that are anti-vaxxers and, and I know they all communicate with each other and say, Oh, this place never scanned. You can go there. So I, I, I think it's good that they're enforcing the scanning because all the people that are trying to skirt the system, they communicate and they let each other know, you know, uh, where where's the, the cool place you can go to that, that'll let you in. So um, I, I think they need to crack down on that. Uh, yeah, and I think a lot of people would agree that we've all gone through this and uh, are, are doing this. And uh, it's, uh, it's a bit uh, disconcerting to think that there's that network of people that are trying to get around the rules. Uh, how, are, how are things going in your business as far as uh, being open with these restrictions and making a go of it? Well, uh, October was a great month for us, even when we were, you know, we were at 50% capacity for half the month, um, just because people love, you know, Halloween classics so much. We, we actually, at the Rio, we wish it was Halloween every, you know, day of the year, uh, because we do really well with that. Um, but yeah, things have slowed a bit in November. Um, you know, we, we have the, the show that seems to be the most popular in November and December has been Burlesque. Uh, we have a sold-out show tomorrow uh, 
um, Tits the Season, which is a fun burlesque uh, seasonal show. And um, so those ones have been doing very well. But yeah, sometimes some of our movies can have a low turnout. But the good news about that is they're, you know, when they're not, when we've got movies where it's a lower attendance, you've got lots of room to spread out. So at least there's that. <laughs> All right. Well, hoping for better times and to get yeah. out of this again. But Corinne, thank you so much for joining us and talking about this today. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, let's all hope for a, a, a good, strong 2022. Fingers <laughs> crossed. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.